0: welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Bob Larson. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. So we've got on this herd health episode, we're going to be talking about bovine theriogenology, which is Bob's My
1: favorite. Uh, Bob's yeah.
0: favorite topic because we've got a great question for you today, Bob. And and thinking about all of our other species that we deal with, uh, especially horses there's a lot of seasonality to their breeding patterns. You talk about putting them under lights, having the changing day length affects how fertile they are. Uh, but then also sheep and pigs also have some seasonality to their breeding season. I want to know from you and, and especially in light of picking our breeding seasons for cattle are cattle seasonal breeders and give me some evidence why or why not.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to lead with, well, actually, yes, they are. Now, not, They are different than horses because basically horses go through a a period of the year where they do not cycle uh, and they, you know, cannot get pregnant. Cattle don't go to that extent, but we do see differences in fertility at different times of the year, really mediated by day length. All right. And so we if we keep track of the calendar, you know, December 21st or 20th, 21st is the shortest day of the year, shortest, shortest number or fewest number of hours of daylight. And June 20th, 21st, is the the day with the longest. And we see differences as we go from the shortest days to the longest days. And then again, from the longest days to the shortest days, we see some differences in bovine uh, fertility, both in males and females.
0: So when you say differences in fertility, how does it—because because sometimes you talked about, like, mares m- may not be cycling, right? Mm-hmm. They may be in an anestrus period— how does this present in cattle? Do they get pregnant and then not keep that pregnancy? Do they not get pregnant? Are they not ovulating? And let's just talk in multi parous
1: animals. Yep. We'll leave heifers out for leave it. Yeah, let's leave heifers out. And we'll talk about cows. And I also want to talk about bulls a little bit too. Uh, and I want to emphasize though, because uh, different species are either positively or negatively affected by increasing day length. And cattle are a species that, like longer days particularly they like as days are getting longer as we're moving towards june 21st we see some improvements in fertility so on bulls we actually see a difference in in scroll circumference and percent normal sperm um so if we're really close to that december 21st day that's probably when bulls are going to have the poorest um performance on a breeding soundness or a semen evaluation um Cows somewhat similar. We don't have quite as easy of a measure as we do uh, with bulls, but one of the things we see is a difference in the length of postpartum anestrus, and so uh, postpartum anestrus is that length of infertility when the hypothalamic-pituitary axis is not um, giving us the pulsatile release that results in estrus behavior and and the ovulation of a fertile oocyte. So there's a period of several weeks after parturition when cows are not fertile. And what we see is that length of time is longer as we are around December 21st, and it's shorter as we get close to June 21st. And so that length of postpartum anestrus, and estrus, and it's not a small effect. So let's, I'm going to
0: come back to the postpartum and estrus. I want to talk about bulls for just a minute more. So you talked about bulls and that at the lowest daylight hours, late December, they're going to perform less well on their breeding soundness exam and and i need to understand the magnitude of that a little bit better are they going to go from well he was passing and then the sun went down and now he's out or how how big are we talking about oh it it dropped off a little i would say in most
1: situations it dropped off a little bit you have to be kind of looking for it but um you know particularly um i'll cite some of the work done in in canada where they have um because of the higher latitudes um are even more differences between the longest and the shortest days and and they've written about this for for many decades that that bulls in the middle of winter um just are less likely to pass their bse i think as you move down towards the equator and and kansas is kind of halfway between canada and the equator uh, we certainly see some effects it's not a big effect um but it's one of the challenges we run into, particularly as you're trying to measure young bulls early in the calendar year. Um, that we've got a, several strikes against us when we try to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a, the other thing I was going to ask, and you already mentioned it was the it's it's not just when the shortest daylight hours are; it's how big a difference between the shortest and the longest, and that's impacted greatly by latitude. So, yes. do do you see these? Daylight effects, like if we look in the southern part of the U.S., do you see the same daylight effects that you would in, say, North Dakota? Again, it,
1: on the cow side, it's subtle enough. I'm not sure if we would detect that or not. Um, theoretically, yes, there's a difference, but it may not be an important difference.
0: Okay. So now I'm going to come back to we're, we're, so the bulls. You said kind of a minor difference, but
1: but, but real,
0: mm-hmm. but, but won't take one from—
1: highly fertile to subfertile. Yeah. Is right. That, I, I would agree with that. Okay. Now, look, are you going to talk about cows? Yeah, let's talk okay. about cows. Let's so, talk.
0: If I want to go into the, I want to talk postpartum asterisk, or postpartum interval. Some people right. refer to it different ways, but tell me before we get to the seasonal impact, you, you said this is typically 60 days in cows. Kind of describe, is it is that pretty static? Is there a lot of variability around that? How much difference is there cow to cow in just ignoring season for the moment and just a PPI?
1: All right. So whatever the herd average length of postpartum anestrus, whatever that average is, and let's say a herd averages about sixty days, I would add twenty days. So I'd do plus or minus 20 days to capture most of the cows. There will still be a few cows shorter than that, and still a few a bit longer than that. But you go 60 days plus or minus 20. Another herd that maybe averages 55 days, I'd still do 55 days plus or minus 20 to capture most of the cows. Um, and so these are cows that are healthy, that didn't have uh, calving difficulty and, and those types of things. Um, so the, are you saying...
0: That if the average postpartum interval is 60 days, that, say, 90% of the cows are going to breed or be eligible to breed between day 40
1: and day 80. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And and, and we all remember those cows that come into estrus, you know, 35, 30 days post-calving, and, yes, they do exist. But the bulk of the cow herd is going to be a little bit longer than that.
0: And the shape of this is is what kind of shape?
1: Oh, it's a bell-shaped curve with that's most that. of the cows kind of sp- being right around our estimate but there's a there's pretty good shoulders on that in that there's quite a few cows that come in week two weeks three weeks earlier than that and and late later than that as well
0: so if i wanted to get m- most the cows ready to go when i'm thinking about my because on a nine month gestation i've got three months so if i have an average of 60 days i add 20 days to that I should be, uh, should be able to make them calve annually or have them calve annually.
1: Yeah, that's the good thing is cows can do what we ask them to do is, is we have a 365-day year, uh, gestation is around 283 days, so that's 82 days that they have after they calve to resume fertile cycles in order to get pregnant at the same, so that they can calve at the same time next year. And the beautiful thing is I, I think a pretty, a pretty good estimate for many herds in our area is around a 60-day herd average which means that to get most of the cows, 80 days would capture most of the cows in a herd, which is ex- kind of exactly what we need. doesn't give us a lot of cushion, but it, is, it does make it very possible for cows to resume fertile cycles and get pregnant again, which we know cows tend to calve about when they did last year.
0: Okay, so give me a feel for how big the seasonal effect is on cows. Same question I asked you on bulls, but just now we're talking on cows, and we're talking the effect on their postpartum interval.
1: All right. So one of the papers that I, I've used for a number of different topics is a paper done up at the Meat Animal Research Center in Clay Center. And this paper was published in 2007, so it's getting a little bit of years on it, but it's still a highly cited paper. It was written by Dr. Cushman and some of his colleagues. And they were looking at a number of things that affected postpartum interval and, and fertility. And one of the tables in there that I just really like, um, they've got, so the Meat Animal Research Center has very large herd. And they have very detailed information about when cows became pregnant, when they calve. Um, and so, you know, it's just a great data set to look at. And they also have a herd that calves over a relatively long period of the year. You know, so they, they really start calving, um, you know, the, in, in this paper, uh, the 1st of February, and they go through um, late spring, early summer. And, and so they've, they've got enough cows that calve at different times, and then they follow them to see, well, when do they resume cycling? And what we found is, is so kind of those cows that calved in the first part of February well, their postpartum length, on average, nice bell-shaped curve, but the middle of the bell-shaped curve was about 70 days. The cows, Before, And
0: you're saying postpartum length, she time she calves to the time she rebred? For uh, the to mixture. the time
1: she resumed cycles. So she resumed cycling. Okay. okay. Um, and so that was about 70 days. For the cows that calved March 1st, it was about 60 days. And for the cows that calved kind of April 1st, it was about 50 days. So for each month, we went from February to March, to April calving, each month step was about a 10-day shortening of the postpartum anestrus, um, which is, is really important, particularly, again, this herd calves over a, a longer period of time. We oftentimes recommend that, that herds aim for that 65 to 75-day calving length. And so do you, so where it matters, and it's just come up in some conversations, if I want to start calving um, March 1, I think, again, my 60-day postpartum an is a pretty good estimate. And and Clay Center, Nebraska, is cl- close enough to our latitude that I'm going to say it's about the same. Whereas if I want to start February 1, my cows need a longer postpartum an In fact, it starts to become a problem if it's 70 days plus 20 to get most of them. Uh, now I'm I'm longer than my 82 days.
0: It's a plus 20 that I often don't think about. Yeah, we, we often think, think about the average. We
1: think about the average. But remember, the average is just the middle of the bell-shaped curve. So half the cows have a longer postpartum an period than the average of the herd. And and then you, you compare it to maybe a herd that, that waits to start calving April 1. They actually have an advantage because now their postpartum an is an average of 50 days. So now I'm going, well, I'd expect to catch most of them between 30 and 70 days um, to resume fertile cycles. And that gives me a little bit of a cushion uh, because I know that I need cows to resume fertile cycles within 80 days or so.
0: Well, I'd like to give them something to jumpstart it, change the effect. Can I can I combat this postpartum
1: asterisk with some of our synchronization drugs, something else that I could give them? Uh, yes and no. So, the easy answer is, yeah, we know that giving postpartum, so a lot of times that is a a intravaginal releasing device, a cedar, uh, impregnated with progesterone. If we give that kind of in cows that haven't resumed fertile cycles, but they're getting pretty close. They're within a couple of weeks of resuming fertile cycles, and if they are given that progesterone, yes, it will jumpstart a fair percentage of them. Um, that works pretty well. What doesn't work very well is cows that are a month away from uh, a month or longer away from resuming fertile cycles i i tell the students a lot of times you can nudge mother nature but you can't shove her so if she was about to reach uh, resume fertile cycles giving her a, a cedar progesterone uh, will nudge her and she'll come in earlier but if she was quite a ways away so if she calved fairly recently um it's not going to bring her into estrus so the answer is both yes and no it depends on how how, big of a, how much do I need to move that cow?
0: Yeah, yes, if she's already close, and no, if she's further away, which the ones I probably want to move are the ones further it, away. That's, that is true. <laughs> Although I would say, in our scenario, I calve in January, February, and I've got a little bit longer postpartum interval, and by the time we get three months out, I've got some of those cows at the 70- to 80-day mm-hmm. postpartum. I might be able to impact them.
1: Yeah, particularly if you have a fairly tight calving window. You know, and so that you don't have cows that have strung out all the way up to the start of calving <laughs> uh, or start of breeding. So they're calving right up until the time the, the breeding season starts. Well, those cows we're not going to have any impact on. But if you have a pretty front end loaded herd, uh, pretty tight calving season, uh, yeah, that's when we see some uh, advantages to those types of interventions. And I guess I haven't really thought much about the
0: photo period in cows for as much as we've talked about it in in other species other species yeah. but then I'm I'm thinking as we're sitting here talking we're talking about a seasonal calving which would be a beef herd Is there any information on this from the dairy side that tells us that there is uh, maybe some differences associated with the photo period?
1: Yeah, they actually, there's some interesting papers done on dairy cattle as well, and they see the exact same thing. And so they see some differences in postpartum and estrus. They even see some differences in fertility. I don't know that we've identified any real, you know, pregnancy success differences. Uh, It's a little maybe harder to see because, you know, AI and all, everybody's close. and, and You don't and have a natural comparison. service versus, yeah. versus AI and those types of things. So we do see it in in, uh, in cattle, uh, in dairy cattle as well. Um, even some things, and, and we're going to kind of leave heifers out of this for now and stuff. But uh, even things like mammary development and first lactation are are slightly influenced by day length. And so basically, by when what they we're, we're born saying, or
0: when they come into puberty,
1: uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and a lot of times it has more to do with when they come into puberty, um, meaning that you can't really separate those two b- timing of birth and timing of puberty in a dairy situation where there's the system is in place where everybody's pretty much the same. Um, but so the interesting, so I guess maybe the take home is well, day length does affect the bovine species uh, through that hypothalamic pituitary axis and um it, it's not again it's it's nowhere near the impact that we see in in horses and it's not even probably the impact we see in pigs um and, and sheep and goats depending on the breed but it's not zero so in the dairy scenario you'd
0: actually have the opportunity if they're housed inside or freestyle mm-hmm. barn do you play with the lights like
1: you do with horses have people tried that yeah. does it make a difference there has been some work uh, looking at Lighting schedules, much like what we describe for for horses, and yeah, there does seem to be some benefits to um, lighting. Now, just like with horses, it involves you know a lot of details, such as the the candle power of the lights, uh, how far apart lights are, at, even at what level above the ground the light is placed. But there have been some dairies that that have done some work in that area. It's not as i'm aware it's not really commercially done a lot uh, but from a research standpoint yeah manipulating those lights does matter a little bit so we let's flip back to the beef cow calf herd uh,
0: is there enough of a difference here that, that we've described that you would try to how, how would you try to adjust for it would you try to shift your calving season would you say this is the reality and this is what we're dealing with and i'll ask that question
1: then i've got another one well One of the things is, um, and again, we do give different advice based on latitude because uh, calving cows in Texas or Oklahoma or Kansas or North Dakota or Canada are different based on latitude. Um, And I would say that if you want to start breeding for February calving, January or February calving, you need to remember that daylight, day length is not helping you. It is an impediment to... Um, successfully getting those cows to resume fertile cycles and so it it may be a reason why you reduce your expectations um, compared to a neighbor that waits to to start calving april one they're going to have shorter postpartum an it's going to be easier for them to get cows bred early in the breeding season so basically you know we make decisions on when to calve based on many factors including uh, labor availability, forage availability, and marketing windows, and things like that. But the earlier in the year I try to breed, then the the more challenging it is to get cows that have calved to resume fertile cycles.
0: Okay, so as you described this scenario, and we're thinking about, so maybe I won't move my herd on when they calve. It's a little bit longer on the postpartum interval. Am I inadvertently or maybe even intentionally selecting to keep cows in my herd that, that maybe they don't respond as much to the daylight scenario. So in other words, how hereditary is the postpartum interval or postpartum anastrus period?
1: Well, I, I can't give you a heritability on a percentage basis or something like that, but I, I can see that where you're thinking is, well, if I confine my breeding season to two to two and a half months, and I cull cows that are open or are late bred, I'm probably putting selection pressure on cows that fit my environment, including latitude and day length. Uh, And I would agree with that. Um, I would just say, though, I'll also stick with my earlier conversation, is the earlier you want to breed into the calendar year, the more challenge it will be, and probably the more selection pressure you're going to be forced to take through open cows and late bred cows. Um, But yeah yeah, we are putting selection pressure on cows that fit our environment
0: so can i think of this though as that changes my margin of error because here's here's when i'm thinking about postpartum interval i'm thinking about that is my period that yeah that's the minimum if everything goes right and things that can go wrong would be dystocia makes it longer mm-hmm. poor nutrition prior to calving makes it longer uh, really bad cold weather that increases their nutritional requirement takes it makes it longer a big lactating cow may yep. have longer postpartum right. interval because of because of nutrition stuff so all of those things could make it longer but if i've got a, a extra grace period of 10 days 20 days m- maybe i can make that up but if i'm calving in january
1: I don't. Know. I've got a very thin margin for error. Am I thinking about this the right way? Would they no. be additive or is it totally separate? No, I, I I like the way you're thinking about that. Is the margin of error because uh, we know of of herds that calve pretty early in the calendar year that have good reproductive success, but they probably need to really pay attention to a lot of details to maintain that. Whereas if they calve a little bit later, they probably have more margin for error. It's a little bit you know there's there's less likelihood of a real decrease in early season prey pregnancy percentage because they've got some built-in buffer. Uh, and so I think it does just kind of reduce that that the tightness of the margin for error. and and again, I I, I personally like having a little bit of cushion uh, yeah. when I'm getting ready for the breeding season.
0: Yeah, and the flip side is y- yes, all those things are true, but depending on where you are in the country, you can't just think about, Uh, the postpartum interval you actually have to think about what is the julian date of when breeding occurs Mm -hmm. because there are some areas that heat impacts both male and female fertility
1: that's right so i'll just use some dates so when we're talking about a march one calving we're we're talking about the the conception the breeding happened around may 20th if we're talking about an april one calving well the conception happened around june 20th or so meaning that you know, I said from a Julian day length, uh, calving in April or May works really well for a decreased postpartum infertility, but we're talking about bull breeding then in July and August, which now I've got a negative from that. So again, but they've got a lot of daylight hours. They do have a lot of (laughs) daylight hours, but from a bull fertility standpoint, you know, now we're talking about really high temperatures and that could be a negative. So again, you know, one of the th- things that spurred this discussion was ideal calving time. And the answer is well, there are trade offs. Yep. And postpartum length is one trade off that maybe a lot of people don't think about. But, you know, excessive heat during the breeding season is another trade off. And a lot of times that means that I'm kind of balancing those two.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I appreciate you coming to share with us on how that photo period impacts their ability to breed at different times of year rule of thumb you gave as daylight gets longer, each month is going to decrease our postpartum interval by about 10 days and it changes our margin of error. So appreciate you sharing with us. Thanks for joining us today.